grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from John, the 14th chapter, where Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Dear friends of Christ, you know, sometimes when God disciplines us, we get the feeling as if everybody else gets the candy and we have to eat spinach. And imagine how the Christians must have felt in Jesus' day, though, in John's day when he wrote our epistle lesson in the book of Revelation. It was the late 90s in the first century A.D., and when John wrote that book, the church was under persecution, and young children were watching their dads be killed. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I believe in Jesus. And then they would kill him. Emperor Domitian persecuted the Christians all over the Roman Empire. And John wrote the book of Revelation to encourage Christians because this was a challenging time to their faith. It's a message of hope. The book of Revelation is all about Jesus and his power and his ultimate victory and how he defeats his enemies. And so no matter what enemies may confront us in this life, they cannot overpower us. And that's what the book of Revelation talks about because there are still enemies in the church. Satan is still alive and well. Troubles and burdens still challenge and test and stretch our faith, and so it was in the early church. Everything they saw challenged them. I mean, Christ had risen, that was all good, but now the real life started happening. People didn't like the Christian message. Everything they saw screamed defeat. It seemed like the enemy was winning. Sin and evil was winning. Christians were dying. And the Christian church, the Christian faith, must have looked like a hopeless dying religion. Look at all the people that are being killed. And this religion will fade away. Won't take long for this thing to pass. But God had a plan. He always does. And God was going to help his struggling children. He was going to uplift them to overcome the pitfalls and the challenges to be strengthened by faith, even if it meant death. He was leading them through this life to the world to come. And so our theme, overcoming pitfalls. Just like the early church, which had to endure persecution and pain and death, Did you know God uses trials to train us? So what kind of trials is God using to train you? To strengthen us, to teach us new things about God. To teach us how to deal with Him. To teach us who He is. To teach us to have faith and to trust in Him in good times and bad. Yes, the Lord tests our faith. Christians don't like that. They don't like to know that the Lord tests us. He challenges our faith. He stretches our faith. 
He allows things to be put into our path. He disciplines us. And that's why the writer of Hebrews said, no discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, that discipline produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Are you being trained? And how are you bearing it? You know, that's what God had in mind for His Bible-believing people. As followers of Christ, we long for His return. As followers of Christ, we follow in His way. And and we we teach Jesus to our families. We teach it to our children. We teach His Word and we remind each other who we are and where we're going. Through this life, there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn about who God is. What are, what are His ways? We have so much spiritual growing up to do. Jesus is a master teacher, and, and being the master teacher, sometimes learning from Him is like climbing a mountain. It can be exhausting. And we're going through the struggles of life, and, and we climb a mountain, and we get to the peak of that mountain. We struggle to reach the peak of the summit because life is a struggle. And once you reach the top, you expect other peaks and valleys ahead. That's what mountains do. But sometimes, sometimes in your life, the Lord places before you a valley of green grass and flowing waters and and birds, happy times and blessed times and good times, prosperous times. And, And then when we reach the peak of those times, we find another peak ahead. And that peak brings suffering and pain and persecution, maybe even death. But through it all, God is leading from one peak to another. And there are times of refreshing, the Bible says. God gives us these times of refreshing to keep us on track, to keep us on track to heaven, to keep us moving forward. In our text from the Gospel of John, Jesus is teaching His disciples here, and uh, they had just seen Jesus suffer. They had climbed that mountain, and it was a difficult mountain to climb. And when they reached the summit of his suffering, pain, and death, them being terrified, hiding in the, in, in the house, waiting for the Romans to crucify them, they, they reached the summit, and they looked down, and there's the resurrection. And they see Jesus alive, and their hearts are filled with hope and peace and joy, and, and they're blessed. However, when they made it to the top of that mountain, just over the next peak, was going to be persecution for the church. There would be a time of grief and pain and doubt. There would be a time of struggle to just profess the truth. And they'd need help. Their faith would be challenged. Their faith would be tested and they would be stretched. And so Jesus said, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit's going to come and teach you. He's going to come to train you. He's going to come to guide you. Indeed, God's people would be faced with over, overwhelming challenges, challenges that you and I haven't had to deal with in this life, to be quite frank. But the Holy Spirit would be there to help them. God wanted them to know He was there to help them through it all, to overcome the pitfalls of life. And he was there to strengthen their faith, to bring them into a deeper relationship, into a deeper trust with Him. So, I want you to know, and, I'm, and did you know, that your relationship with God has everything to do with your attitude toward His Word. Your relationship with God has everything to do with your attitude toward God's Word. And that's why Jesus said in our text, do you remember what He said? He said, if anybody loves me, he will keep my word. Do you love Jesus? Everybody says, oh, I love Jesus. And keep his word. And my Father will love him, and we, Jesus and the Father, will come to him and make our home with him. Our home where? In his heart. Keep the word, the Lord will live in your heart. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. The NIV says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. It uses the word obey. The ESV says, he will keep my word. Neither one get to the real meaning of the text. Because the Greek word, the original Greek word is tereo. Tereo means to guard and to treasure. Anyone who guards and treasures my word, I will live in him. I'll strengthen him. How wonderful it is when you're immersed in God's word. When you take times like this to realize that your relationship with God is all about, all about your involvement in, your, in His Word, your attitude toward that Word. When you guard and treasure God's Word, you can't listen to preachers who distort it because you know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So you're not tossed to and from with every wind of doctrine that that buffets you and shakes your faith. When you treasure God's Word and you keep it in your heart, you can't ignore the parts of God's Word that are uncomfortable to you. The parts of God's Word that you don't want to hear. You know, Paul warned a time is coming when people won't want to hear the sound truth of God's Word. And he was concerned about people. He said, for there will come a time when men will not put up with sound teaching. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And they won't have to endure the pitfalls 
They'll celebrate the pitfalls. They'll participate in the pitfalls. When that happens, when that type of thing happens, your relationship with Jesus falls away. Your relationship with Jesus dies. So Jesus encourages us, guard my word, keep my word, treasure my word. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Listen, if you want your life to have meaning, and if you're really serious about having a relationship with Jesus that will bring you strength, through the times and the pitfalls of life, through the times of difficulty. If, if you're really serious about being strong in the face so that you can be there for somebody else who is struggling, somebody else who is suffering, so that you can come alongside the, of them with answers to strengthen and uphold them. Jesus promises to help you through those pitfalls. And that's, what he, that's why He said, "...but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name..." He will teach you all these things. Listen, I think Bible verses like this require our maximum effort to memorize them. To put them in our hearts so that they're like a lighthouse, shining. But the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. And then it says, he will bring to remembrance all that I have said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. This past week, somebody asked me if I would send them some of my favorite passages. They were in need of prayer. They were having a trial. They needed to be strengthened and they wanted some words of comfort. Isaiah wrote, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am the Lord your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. And I'll uphold you with my mighty omnipotent hand. The prophet Jeremiah reminds us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and plans to give you a future. And then we remind each other of James' words, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person avails much. The Lord gives us these promises so that we can be strengthened by our faith and overcome the pitfalls of life with the power of faith, with the strength of faith. And when we guard and treasure and keep God's Word, and what do you do with treasures? You realize that they are a treasure. You put them to use. We're shielded by faith. Jesus wants us to know these things so we'll be shielded, protected. And that's why He said, I'm going to the Father. I've told you before it takes place so when it does, you may believe. 
That's all God wants from you. He wants you to believe. He wants you to trust in Him. These things were done that you may trust. 300 years ago, I like this name, Nikolai Grundtvig. That's a German if you ever heard one. Nikolai Grundtvig. He wrote a hymn. Built on the rock, the church shall stand, even when the steeples are falling. Crumbled have spires in every land. Bells still are chiming and calling, calling the young and old to rest. But above all, the soul's distressed. Longing for life everlasting. God wants to shield you by faith. He wants to give you rest everlasting. He wants you to make it through this life into His new kingdom. He wants you to give you spiritual strength to overcome every adversity, every challenge, every... God did that for Noah. He had to build an ark. Watch every person on the face of the planet destroyed. God did it for Abraham. God did it for Moses. God did it for his disciples. And God's doing it for you. It's the same word. It's the same promise. It's the same God. It's the same power. To be shielded by faith with the same word of God. To be protected by him. As that word uplifts us. As it protects us. As it guides us. As it gives us strength to face adversity in this life. But more than that. More than just giving us strength to face adversity but the power to know that one day we're going to walk with Him forever in His kingdom, in all His glory, overcoming every pitfall. And that's why I like scriptures like this. And they, they give us so much comfort. Have I not commanded you? Joshua said, be strong, be courageous. Do not be troubled. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want you to think about all the saints. You know, all the saints who have died. The people who have now are with the Lord in heaven. Maybe it's a mother or a father, grandpa, grandma, a former pastor, friends. And they've kept the faith, and they've overcome. Their spirits in the presence of God awaiting that day of the resurrection of all flesh. The Lord was their protector. The Lord was their shield. The Lord was their mighty fortress. In our epistle lesson, John tries to talk about them in heaven. He talks about what heaven looks like, tries to describe it. God's city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. And the lamp is the Lamb, Jesus. And by its light, the nations will walk. Yes, we're shielded by faith. Things turn out okay for us. So when life looks like to you, like an uphill battle, like a struggle, when everything around you is trembling and not making sense, when you feel so alone and you have no hope, remember to guard to treasure, 
to keep his word in your heart, you'll overcome. And we stand in his promise like this promise from King David in Psalm 31. And let's use this psalm as our closing prayer. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Never let me be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your namesake you lead me and guide me. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.